you could be saying, oh, I've just got, my carrots have just scored a 12, I'll put it onto the forum, and somebody who's got bricks of, say, six has just gone, huh. You know, I'll, I'll go and chat to that person with the 12 because they might be able to help me yeah. improve the quality of my crop. Matthew Adams is on a mission to help us sow and grow the best and most nutritious food possible. In today's podcast, he talks about using a device called a BRICS refractometer to measure the nutrients in our foods and how we can harness this knowledge to improve our crops and ultimately the health of our planet. I am a mechanical engineer by trade, so I'm a very practical, hands-based person. And then, um, through my pursuit of yoga, I actually had a decision to have a career change. And, um, and as a mature student, went to UWE. Uh, sorry, can West I just can we just roll back yes. a yeah. sec? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so hang on, can you just sort of give give us a little bit more? What happened then? Um, I started doing yoga when I was about nineteen, twenty. And um, and after a few years, it, profound, it had a profound effect on me, and um, and I decided to go to India, and I felt absolutely amazing having practiced intensive yoga sessions. So, and so you came back feeling you wanted to do something. That different. that led to a yes, a, a reevaluation of life. So um, through the physical exercise, obviously yoga is the relationship between the body and the mind, that union of the body and the mind. Um, so my mind was changing. And then that took me off to, and I ended up finding a, um, a new holistic degree at UWE, University West of England, called Environmental Quality and Resource Management. So I was inspired with this, doing this degree um, with ecology, so ecology was one of my inspirations, and um, and, and eventually um, environmental politics and philosophy. So I got very interested in a environmental philosophy called deep ecology, and deep ecology um, is an attack or uh, uh, questions our current worldview and suggested there's a shallower a shallow worldview and a deep worldview. And um, Arnie Ness, the, the kind of one of the originators of this theory was saying that the, um, the current trajectory of sustainable development was about shallow thinking. It was only concerned for resources and consumption of and, and making profit. So all policies um, support that, that thinking. And it's based on humans being separate from nature. And so this is the philosophy, the separation, the dualism that we, we are always, you know, we're, we're having to um, come to terms with. Um, so deep ecology is an acceptance that we're a part of nature and therefore if we're an integral part of nature, when you realise that, if you harm nature, you are harming yourself. And it's mm. as simple as that. And, um, and then all things mm. flow mm. once you take personal responsibility to look after the, yourself and the environment, then everything yeah. flows from that. I ended up coming out of this degree looking for holistic environmental management jobs and there weren't any so I've had to make up one I've been making up my own job <laughs> description since 2000 um, and I ended up running a, a no-dig gardening charity for 11 years and I did a lot of research around food quality um, in partnership with the biodynamic association um, and after that, I was a craft cider maker for five years, and that's where I learned an intimate knowledge of the quality of apples and the fermentation process. 
Um, I do carpentry and now I'm full circle. I'm coming back to setting up this community interest company called Growing Real Food for Nutrition because I've always had this passion that if we can begin to measure food quality and understand what that is, then we can connect with all the natural processes that are involved in that, which includes ecology. And the benefit of supporting ecology can be seen in the, in the increase in nutrients that comes through in our food that then comes through animals and humans to mm. make health flow from the mm. soil through the gut and back again. It's so fundamental, isn't it? It's, it, it's, it is. It's, so where... Okay, so you... So let me start so with the problem. Bro- yeah, absolutely. Let me start yeah. with the problem. The problem is... We've got no idea, no way of defining what food quality is Mm. other than profit. So if you talk to a farmer, when you talk about quality, there are other things considered, but primarily it's all about how many tonnes per per acre can I get off that land because I need to make a Mm. living, pay the mortgage, pay the tractor. And we're kind of enslaved to that kind of model of of servicing the beast. (laughs) And um, and it's not to blame anybody. That's just how it is. And so um, we've got this situation where food is grown not for quality of what it can deliver in terms of health, but quality in terms of what it can deliver in terms of profit. That's can I just just a slight sort of caveat to that is there not there has been a growing movement though hasn't there of growing things for taste. Mm-hmm. I mean things have changed phenomenally, yeah. but presumably there's. There are proportions. There's one lot that grow for profit or just survival, I imagine. And then there's a much smaller band for taste. Is that fair? I, I think so. Taste taste is, is, is fundamental to food quality when we talk about the qualities of the food that we're actually eating. And I can mm. come on to that. Um, there's a lot of trickery in the food industry. And when you think about it, most of the food we're buying now is actually processed. And so it's gone through a manufacturing Mm. process and they've added flavours or taken them away or they've carefully put some marketing on the outside, which is now telling you what you think this tastes like. And the power of marketing is such that we believe these things. So um, if if if, if I just mentioned that, next time you see an advert on the side of a packet advertising sweet strawberries or... McDonald's advertising, you know, their wonderful McBurger. Um, just, just have a, you know, have a pausing moment and think. Actually, you know, does it actually taste really good? And sometimes you can only know the answer to that when you do comparatively taste something good. So let's talk about carrots. If you taste a bad carrot and a good carrot, you begin to realise what the difference actually is. Mm. Yes, absolutely. So how? How do you, how can you test? How do you test these things? Right, so we are exploring how to test these things Mm. and it comes off the back of of giants like Dr. Kerry Reams in America who first came up with an idea of using a BRICS refractometer to measure the density of plant juice. And it's such a simple, crude way of of assessing um, the quality of, of... of vegetables, fruits, and grasses. So, when you how, say the density, what do you mean? So, um, a plant is eighty percent water, right? 
and 20% made up of carbohydrates, fats, vitamins. Um, it's, 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 it's all the, all the things that we call nutrients, including also the, the, the minerals and the mineral elements. They're, they're only about 2%, but they're vital in making up a complete nutritional load. And many of these nutrients will dissolve in a liquid. So you've got plant, when you extract plant juice, you've got the water, plus the solid bits that are now dissolved in the water. And if you think um, in a hospital, if somebody's on a, a bag, a drip, they're being fed liquid nutrients, mm. that has a density to it. Right. It's not pure water, which doesn't have a density. It's got substance in it. So we are measuring the dense bits um, in that water. So the refractometer is a super simple device, no batteries. It's just a prism, a mirror, and you squeeze the plant juice, hold the refractometer up to the light, and as the light shines through, the more dense the liquid is, the greater the angle of refraction. So you read off on a scale from 0 to 32, and a low carrot, for example, might read about five or six bricks. A low carrot? Do you mean low nutrient carrot? Low nutrient carrot. (coughs) And then a high carrot might read something like 16 to 18 and do you use this with like um, plant, no, like fruit juice as well? Because I remember reading about how fruit juice isn't as good for you as normal fruit. And I suppose that's, again, like the quality of it, like how much goodness is actually in there. Uh, you, you can get an idea, you can get an impression, but there's lots of pitfalls with this, te- with this technique. And, um, and what we're trying to do is design out a method that, accounts for lots and lots of variables so it can be used for that and it will give you an idea Um, when it comes to testing the quality of raw vegetables and fruits you really need to know how fresh it is so you need to know ideally when it was cropped and when it was tested because if and I've brought one here I've got an example of a carrot that's been sat (laughs) that does not look like a happy (laughs) carrot it's been sat in the in the vegetable basket and I just spotted it this morning on my way in I thought I'll take that because because what's happened to this carrot which is a shop-bought carrot um is it started to dehydrate but more than that before it, before that is but you can see it's beginning to rot yeah we can we bruised. can see our our listeners can't no. it, yes it's looking very sort of discolored and very it, sorry for itself it looks like someone's finger that's you yeah. know scurvy set yes. in or yeah, something like yeah. that yeah um and so one of the things that we're working with, um, and it was suggested by Dr. Kerry Reams, is that when you get the higher levels of um, uh, density of nutrients in the food, you can measure that with the BRICS refractometer. And when you reach a certain level, which he calls excellent, he suggests that plant would be resistant to pests and diseases, hmm. that you'll get an increased yield, that it will taste better, and that it won't rot because well-grown food dehydrates, it doesn't rot. And, and if I come back to pests and disease and rotting, they are both indicators of a poor quality plant. It's not grown properly. It hasn't had access to all the nutrients that it requires whilst sat in the soil, sat in the ground. So actually, there's a poten- there's potential uh, for people who want to grow fruit and veg that this is actually 
if you can get high enough quality ones, it might save money because then you're not spending money on pesticides and so on. Is that yes. right? Yes. So the way to grow a good carrot in a nutshell is through symbiosis. And this is you know, what we're trying to get through with this work and, and uncover. Um, so in, 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 in a, in a, with a carrot with growing in the soil, uh, what we know about the microbial world associated with that is that just in a sort of small handful of soil... There are more individual organisms than there are people on this planet. So we're talking 8 billion plus organisms just in a handful of soil surrounding that carrot. There's many handfuls of soil surrounding that carrot. And there are also that, that, um, those organisms, as, they're in incredible diversity. So we could be talking thousands of different bacteria, of different fungi, um, protozoa, nematodes, the whole microbial world is surrounding that carrot. And if they're there in diversity, if they're there in numbers, then they support the growth of the carrot. So the carrot with its head above ground, it knows it's wet, it's dry, it's hot, it, you know, I need, uh, I'm being attacked by a pest. The carrot can send messages to the life in the soil to say, look, I need quickly some selenium, iron, phosphorus and potassium. And the microbes, particularly mycorrhizal fungi, have their, um, have their range in the soil that goes beyond the roots of the plant. And so these microbes can quickly gather these mineral elements and bring it back to the plant and exchange with the plant for food. So the microbes are feeding the plant with mineral elements and the plant is feeding the microbes with sugary exudates. Can I just ask, you've brought this carrot in, mm. and you've got your device there. Yeah. Are you going to try and test it? I can, I can, can you? cut it up and squish it. So we can, just, just to show you how quick and simple yeah. this process is, I've got a specially adapted pair of locking pliers, which are mole grips to many people. Um, but it means I can crush the carrot without having to squeeze, you know, right. carry on squeezing it. So I can now right, just... Right, so he's just cutting the carrot cut now. Cut a slice of the carrot. So it's the bit that you would eat. This is yeah, the bit so you've, you've, cut, you've cut a bit of the bit that's not rotting, I'll the end that, that looks okay. Now, I need now to you're squeezing it. the refractometer, which looks like a telescope. Oh, it looks like a sonic screwdriver. Aha! Doctor Who, eat your heart, eh? So, um, so... And these remind me of eyelash curlers. Now yeah. Just squeeze the carrot. So you're squeezing some juice from the carrot yeah, onto so the refractometer. Now give me... Hopefully. Oh my God. I was going to say, are you going to get any juice no, out of it? it, comes, it oh, oh, yeah, right, there's so some there's, carrot juice. Yeah. So there's the juice. We've got the juice. Close the lens. Juice is on the sonic screwdriver. Clip and that. And we're going to Clip. hold it up to your eye. And then where the, the dark shadow meets the light shadow, that gives you a horizontal line. So this says 10. This so is that bad? 10. Is that a bad... Oh, it says 10 degrees. Is that right? It's 10... Br 10 yes, bricks. 10 degrees bricks. Oh, I'm going to pass it over to you, Penny. Pass it over to Penny. So, so you tell me what you see, what number you see. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yep. 10, very clear. Yeah. Oh, wow. So what's the range for a carrot? So um, let me just clean that off. So that's, that's the test done. And if you were testing carrots, then I, I would always recommend you test three so you get an average. Yeah. As in, like, take three slices? Take three different carrots, ideally. Uh, so oh, from, from, a patch, from a crop, yes, from a patch, yeah, okay. Because yeah, yeah. one of the things I noticed when I was um, reading up about all this, Matthew, is yeah. that different 
vegetables and fruit have different ranges of nutrients, don't yeah. they? And I think um, grapes would seem, seem to have the highest range. Um, what, what's the range of a carrot approximately? Do you know? So it's, it? it's kind of ranging from between 6 and 18. Oh, OK. Um, so 10 isn't... But, but, so no, so, so what I, why I brought this carrot in is because it's a good example of how this can trip you up. So there's many things to be aware of. I don't know when this carrot was picked. Mm. And also, it's been sat in my vegetable tray, de, um, um, losing moisture. Mm. And because bricks is a, is a ratio of water to solid matter, if it's losing water, that means the, the ratio of solid matter to water increases. So you get a false reading. So that false reading, I mean, you can look at that and you know that that's not something you would particularly want to eat. Mm. But you've got a false reading and you think, well, according to bricks, that's brilliant. But you don't know the history of that carrot. So it's an unreliable test. Mm-hmm. So you've got, you've got sort of a chart somewhere or so there's, there's a way you can check like how old it is and then whether it's good or not. Well, we're, we're developing a bricks recording sheet because so that, oh. so that, we want to do citizen science here and we want multiple data sets. And I can talk about that in a minute. Um, but here is the, the bricks table. And these were produced in the 70s by Dr. Carrie Reams. Can you just so describe you, what it looks like? You, your BRICS tables contains a list of fruits, vegetables and grasses. And each category has um, a, a, a range. And it's, it's under four columns, poor, average, good and excellent. Okay. So with the carrot, you'd look, look up carrot and move across. Oh, poor is between four and five. Average is between 6 and 12. Good is between 12 and 17. And then 18 and above is excellent. So that's how you, if you were Mm -hmm. allotment, garden, back garden, whatever, you could take your fresh produce and test it and use this table to look up where it is. And that gives you feedback to say, oh, well, my, my, I've got a, an average carrot or a good carrot, mm. so you can then say, what do I need to do to improve that and carrot? And presumably we've got two mm. things here, haven't we? We've got a sort of an absolute and a relative mm. standard. So if you're in your garden, you'll have your own sort of set of your own baseline, but then yeah. you've got this... Um, so is that national? Is that global? So is that yes, we're, we're, we're using this as a baseline. Right, OK. And, 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 and we think over time we might adjust some figures we don't know. But um, it's a starting point and it's a way of engaging people in this question about food mm. quality based on the idea of well-grown food that contains lots and lots of great nutrients. And if people wanted to find out more or see that chart you've got or try and get one of these devices for themselves, mm. well, how would they go about doing that? So we're, we, are, we are selling them. As we said, we're developing a community interest company. So it's, it's um, www.gr ffn so it's griffin without the eyes dot mm. org so you can pop onto the website and we want ideally people to sign up as members and that allows them to buy the testing kit with the special pliers and you'll get a an online bricks recording sheet so you can then engage in citizen science and begin to record the value of your crops and if you want to take it further, you can even do taste testing and assessments of pest and disease to fill those bits out as well. And then with a forum, so we're hoping to create this platform where you can now share information. So you could be saying, oh, 
I've just got my carrots have just scored a 12. I'll put it onto the forum, and somebody who's got a bricks of say six has just gone oh. you know I'll, I'll go and chat to that person with the 12 because they might be able to help me yeah. improve the quality of my crops and that presumably would be especially valuable if you're on the same um land so if you had different allotment growers mm-hmm. because then at least you've got that control where you're both using yeah. the same soil yeah so if someone has got is con- is consistently coming up with a higher bricks rating than you are then mm-hmm. you know it's probably something you're doing yeah presumably yeah. Is, is this just um in the southwest is it uk wide i'm just thinking we probably have people listening who have family and friends who live a bit further away but might still be interested it's going to be global oh global um, wow. so we did a project <laughs> last year in india with the natural farming community in andhra pradesh and we taught 30 nutrition graduates community nutritionists to go out and bricks test the quality of food now in andhra pradesh there are six million farms so we're talking lots of very small farms um but the the history is the rate of suicide amongst farmers in india just went through the roof and why that is is because they've been um, entangled in the global food supply chain and so it's large food companies that are encouraging them to grow cash crops and teaching them how to do that using lots of chemistry and so we've got a farming community that has seen their soils destroyed and because they get such low value in return for their crops they can't even afford to feed their own families so that's led to desperation and high suicide and we saw a lot of riots and protests in the last couple of years as well about that when the indian government was trying to bring in even worse farming restrictions that's right Yeah. yeah Um, so, so these are an issue and the government of Andhra Pradesh has actually backed a programme that's called Natural Farming and of the 6 million farms they've now got half a million farmers doing this method of natural farming so natural farming is about using the natural resources increasing the health of the soil um, using saved seeds and growing better food so they were interested to know if they could measure this difference between naturally farmed food and chemically grown food and so the nutritionists that we trained went out and selected crops that were being grown almost side by side and I think we had 16 crops and they all showed higher bricks values for the natural farming Mm. and then we went on to ask them to observe the different qualities pests and disease incidents of you know does the leaf shimmer and shine is there a difference in the qualities so observation becomes a really key um, assessment tool and then also the taste testing so we got them to do blind taste testings which is great because this is such community involvement Mm. so um, so they would engage their community in a blind taste testing session which do you prefer and people wouldn't know but one was chemically grown and one was naturally farmed Um, so everything came out in favour of the naturally farmed. It all had the higher bricks value and it all got the, the, the highest number of votes for better taste. So There is this incredible <clears throat> cascade, isn't there, from something that tastes good mm-hmm. and is high in nutritious value, mm-hmm. then will all feed down into better soil, yeah. better air quality, better water. It all... 
The whole thing is just a posit- yes. positive feedback, yeah. isn't it? And, and, and so to that end, um, what's happening when you're increasing, let's say, the quality of the food, to do that, you're increasing biodiversity in the soil. Mm-hmm. The life in the soil is, you're, you're proliferating it because you've got a healthy plant which gives up some of its food production to feed the soil organisms you move into a virtuous cycle of abundance. Mm. Mm. And the more the plant is able to efficiently photosynthesize, the more food is available for microbes. So populations grow when a food source is readily available. And so you get this abundance of life. So that then begins to address the carbon cycle and the hydrological cycle. And microbes are helping to do the the, the balance that they've always done it's just, you know, that's mm. the bit that we've upset. Mm. I think we've mm. damaged the uh, micro. As you say, it's biome. rebalancing, isn't it? I mean, it sounds fantastic. Um, and do you say that these are already on sale? People can get mm. these now, yes. these devices? Yes, so I'm okay. making them up. They're kind of handmade. The wow. refractometer, um, I mean, we supply them, but they, they are readily available, and you can use a garlic crush. But we are recommending the, the oh. crushing pliers, the sap pliers, because um, because it's about creating a standard technique that we're okay, all using. That and makes it gives sense. you a yeah. good, reliable mm. result. Um, so if we're going to do citizen science, we can all be mm. running the same method. Mm-hmm. We would love people to join us. It's an exploration. And where we went from the idea, the problem is that we don't have a food quality standard. And... Um, and so what we want to do is bring around this idea that we can understand and test the quality of the food that we grow and eat and that that becomes the standard. And I believe that if we do that and create a food quality standard based on the welfare, the health of people and planet, then we start to get somewhere. Mm. And if I can, Penny, just one last thing that I didn't talk about was the development of the bionutrient meter can you, so can you do that in I, a couple of minutes? In a couple of minutes. So to, uh, the, the, the BRICS testing is very crude. It's measuring, it's one measurement to talk about everything. The bionutrient meter is actually getting samples of food plus the soil they're grown in sent to a laboratory and checked oh, out okay. for polyphenols, antioxidants and mineral elements. Also, the soil that's sent with it is checked out for... Organic matter, soil carbon, microbial life, and a whole bunch of mineral wow. elements, along with a story of how it was grown. So this is, again, citizen science. So anyone can do that, can they? They can send off no, this samples, is, this is or a, this is all in development, well, is we, it? Well, we, we got money to run a pilot project last right. year, and we're just waiting to get results. But it's been going on in America since 2018, with 7,000 results. Um, we're seeing massive variation in the nutrients in food. Mm. Um, so in grapes, for example, 15 times more nutrients in the grapes with the higher values compared to the lower values. And it carries on like that. We're seeing massive variation in the content and quality, Gosh. possibly. It's impo- really nutrition. important work. It sounds like you should come back on and give us an update when it's... Um, yeah, come back in six months or so or a year, see how, see how it's going. Yeah.